is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Here, our number 877 381 3811. 877 381 Joe Biden blew up the Middle East. Joe Biden has blood on his hands. He has blood on the hands, including the brave Iranian citizens who are rising up against that tyrannical Islamo-Nazi regime. We're going to overthrow it until Joe Biden lifted trade waivers, lifted oil waivers, lifted cultural waivers, even lifted media waivers. In other words, breathe life back into that diabolical, genocidal regime. And he killed the protest movement. He didn't give a damn how many citizens in Iran were murdered by that regime. Never said a damn thing, not one. Neither did Blinken, neither did Sullivan, neither did their parrots in the media. Blitzer, Tapper, Mitchell. Scarborough, none of them said a damn thing. Joe Biden doesn't talk about the citizens in Syria who are being slaughtered. Half a million Syrians, Muslims among others. Not a word, nothing. It's still going on. Not a word when it comes to the Houthis in Yemen, another Islamo-Nazi terrorist operation funded by the Iranians. Joe Biden took the terrorism label off the Houthis, just like he refuses to fight in UN to put the terrorism label on Hamas. The Houthis have slaughtered 
unknown numbers of Yemenites. Unbelievable. Joe Biden says nothing. Nothing. Joe Biden says he supports the Ukrainians. But he doesn't want them to win. Tens of thousands of Ukrainians have died. Have died. Because of his feckless policy there. He never talks about the Ukrainian citizens. Ever. When he meets with Xi, he never brings up the two and a half million Uyghurs that are in death camps, concentration camps, being raped, forced abortions, tortured, murdered. He says nothing to Xi about that. Zero. He doesn't care about the citizens. Not in China. Not in Tibet. On our southern border, God knows how many people are dying. We now know about rape tents. We know about little kids who are being sold into sex slavery. How many? We don't know. But by the thousands. How many women have been raped? We don't know. But thousands. How many Americans have died? Hundreds of thousands over the course of his presidency. No front page, no concern on the morning Joe, no concern by Tapper or Blitzer or anybody else, none. They say they're concerned about citizens. Concerned about citizens, they say. And I'll tell you what other citizens they're not caring about. The Jews in Israel. Of course they talk about October 7th, of course. It was horrendous. But they do not want Israel to win. Which means the citizens in Israel can never live in peace. Ever. And if they do wind up carving up Israel, where one-third of the country, Judea and Samaria, the ancestral homeland of the Jews, if it is surrendered to the Palestinians as a reward for slaughtering Jews and kidnapping people, Israel will die. They don't care about the Israeli Jews. They don't care about the citizens there. I am sick and tired of this narrative that tells us that Joe Biden and Blinken and the American propaganda media, and the Democrats are concerned about citizens, and Bernie Sanders concerned about citizens, and the squad is concerned about citizens. Oh, woe is me. They don't give a damn about citizens. Not in our country, certainly not in Israel, and not in the rest of the world. The same political party that has eviscerated local law enforcement in this country. The same political party that works with Soros and others to eviscerate our criminal justice system. The same political party in their city councils or in their state legislatures in Illinois 
in New York, in California, other blue states, refuse to punish criminals. They don't care about citizens at all. Not in any respect. Now, Joe Biden, I'm going to say this because I mean it. Obama was an anti-Semite, surrounded by people with the same ideology, some of them Jewish, some of them not. I've talked about self-hating Jews and the difference between Jews who identify as ethnic Jews and Jews who identify as both ethnic and Jews of religious faith. I'm not going to go there again. I've explained it repeatedly. And I do so at great risk to myself, but I don't care. I truly don't. Because in the end, I have to answer to my God. Our God. Not the CNN or MSNBC or not some of these Soros or Dan Abrams front groups. I have to answer to God Almighty, and to myself. In the last 48 hours, Joe Biden and Blinken had put out the word that they want this so-called ceasefire to extend. And Iran, using Hamas, knows how to play Biden. They already got $6 billion from him. And a bunch of terrorists from Biden, they knew how to do it with Obama too. And this administration, it cannot say anti-Semitism without saying Islamophobia out of the other side of its mouth. This administration will not enforce President Trump's executive order on anti-Semitism on college campuses, certainly not in any significant way. This administration, I've yet to hear a full-throated press conference from the Attorney General, the Deputy Attorney General, the Associate Attorney General, the Attorney General for Civil Rights, the Attorney General for the Criminal Division, standing up front and telling the American people that they will do whatever they have to do to protect Jewish students. They won't do it because politically they rely more and more on Arabs and Muslims who've come into this country. This is a fact. This administration will not review its student visa policy. This administration will not go back and look if people have entered into this country and overstayed their student visas. This administration won't look at student visas to see exactly who they've laid into this country for the last two and a half years. This administration does not want to vet people who are coming across our borders from every corner of the world. And you better believe terrorists are going to exploit that. They don't care. The goal is the fundamental fundamental transformation of America. And so I'm here to tell you this is the most anti-Semitic administration since the state of Israel was established. Because under Obama, there were some checks in place against the Blinkens, the Sullivans, outsiders like Thomas Friedman, 
groups like CARE and the Muslim Brotherhood that had access to the White House and so forth. But under Biden, it's the Biden whisperer, Blinken, who's in charge. The same Blinken who John McCain went to the Senate floor and for a half hour tried to block him from being the Deputy Secretary of State under Obama. Laid it out specifically the problems with this guy. The former senior foreign policy advisor to the Senate Foreign Affairs Committee that Joe Biden both was chairman of and ranking member of at one point. A disaster. McCain said he was a, a complete disaster. And he was right. So now, this regime in the United States of America, which will not protect us from foreign and domestic threats, they're telling Israel, we want longer ceasefires. As long as hostages are released, playing right into the hands of Iran and Hamas. So they pressure Israel. See, they have nobody to pressure in Afghanistan. The Taliban tells them to screw off. What of the Americans there? Well, what of them? Where are they? Doesn't matter. Nobody cares anymore. They don't even mention it. Not at any single press conference, any day of the week. Where are the Americans in Afghanistan? Don't worry, though. Joe cares about citizens. Tells Israel, should military operations commence, and they don't want them to commence. And I warned about this. You better limit the displacement of Gazans. You better be more precise with your munitions. You better not block the steady flow of fuel now going into Gaza. You better make sure those people are fed and are medicated and have water. You're in charge, Israel. Israel, you're in charge now of taking care of the people in Gaza, not defeating them, not ridding them from your border. You're now in charge of a welfare state to take care of these people while Hamas is killing them and killing you. And not only that, Qatar, which funds Hamas. Qatar, which protects the numerous billionaires who've made money off the UN money, off of our money, off of your money. Just steal it. Qatar is our leading negotiator for hostages. Then I have to hear fools in the media say, well, it's not Biden, it's Netanyahu. Netanyahu? Oh, yes, 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 because he really doesn't want peace, you see. The left in Israel, they want peace, you know. They're, they're, they're really the peaceniks, you know. There's even a rumor out there, and I haven't been able to confirm it, but I'm trying that the Israelis are trying to buy weaponry from other countries so they don't have to rely only on Biden and Blinken, including certain missiles from South Korea. This is a rumor so far, or more than a rumor. I'm trying to confirm it. 
but that Sullivan stepped in the way and nixed the deal. See, they want the Israelis to rely 100%. And then, of course, Biden says aid in the future may be contingent on following U.S. policy. Oh, and by the way, we want a two-state solution. And by the way, Israel, just go away, will you? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Have you seen the headlines lately? Third highest deficit in history. Digital dollar sparks uncertainty. We're living in an unpredictable world, but gold is still gold. It's weathered many storms. My gold gives me peace of mind. It's tangible. And I'm a firm believer in owning gold. My favorite gold company? Augusta Precious Metals. Why? Let me tell you something. They're top of the top. If you have an IRA or a 401k, and you want to diversify with physical gold, you can learn about the benefits of a gold IRA from Augusta Precious Metals. They're outstanding. Get a free guide to gold IRAs from Augusta Precious Metals today. Text LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, to 68592. That's L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Again, LEVIN to 68592. Or visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Text data and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. This is, by action and increasingly by words, the most anti-Israel, anti-Semitic administration. In terms of anti-Semitism, since Franklin Roosevelt. In terms of anti-Israel, since Obama. But it's even more than Obama, because it's Obama's people, and it's Biden who was one of Obama's people, obviously. And I don't care what headlines and little clips people use. I've explained this over a period of six weeks or more. And if you're going to stab Israel in the back, if you're going to tie Israel's hands, if you're going to carve up Israel in the face of what's been done to Israel while you're funding, directly and indirectly, terrorists and terrorist regimes, that's sick. Have you seen the headlines lately? Third highest deficit in history. Digital dollar sparks uncertainty. We're living in an unpredictable world, but gold is still gold. It's weathered many storms. My gold gives me peace of mind. It's tangible. And I'm a firm believer in owning gold. My favorite gold company? Augusta Precious Metals. Why? Let me tell you something. They're top of the top. If you have an IRA or a 401k, and you want to diversify with physical gold, you can learn about the benefits of a gold IRA from Augusta Precious Metals. They're outstanding. Get a free guide to gold IRAs from Augusta Precious Metals today. Text LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, to 68592. That's L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Again, LEVIN to 68592. Or visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Text data and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions to get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Mark LEVIN, America's passionately cerebral voice. Talk with that voice now, 877-381-3811. From Breitbart, Joel Pollack today, November 28th, a source within the Israeli government told Breitbart News on Tuesday, 
U.S. President Joe Biden's pressure would lead to Hamas surviving the war intact rather than allowing Israel to destroy Hamas or remove its military and governing capabilities. Recent days, the White House has acknowledged that Israel intends to continue fighting Hamas after the current phase, excuse me, current pause sought by Biden to allow the release of hostages ends later this week. Quote, the Israelis have been pretty clear that once the pauses are complete and the hostage exchanges are over, that they intend to continue their military operations against Hamas, said John Kirby. This be the great John Kirby who lied to us day in and day out about Afghanistan. But the White House is no longer clearly stating that it shares that goal. And the Israeli government privately believes Biden is prepared to tolerate the survival of Hamas, despite the fact that Hamas and other terror groups would see that as a victory. The reason Israel believes this is Biden's goal is that the U.S. administration is imposing onerous conditions on the Israeli Defense Forces regarding its operations in Gaza, such that defeating Hamas has become almost impossible. From the New York Times today, the U.S. has warned Israel that it must fight more surgically and avoid further mass displacement of Palestinians in its war against Hamas. This is a leak from the administration to their favorite anti-Semitic Holocaust-covering-up media outlet. To avoid a humanitarian crisis that overwhelms the world's ability to respond, according to senior Biden administration officials. American officials have told the Israelis that any coming military operation should not hamper the flow of power and water or impede the work of humanitarian sites such as hospitals and UN-supported shelters in south and central Gaza. So they're laying out the plan for Hamas. This is how you survive. Hostages, a few a day. Hold the Americans back as long as you can, those hostages. Continue to use civilians. Continue to hide in mosques, hospitals, and so forth. And we will continue to attack the Israelis for attacking you. That's today, November 28th. I want to read something that I wrote. On October 25th, almost five weeks ago. And everybody said, Mark, what are you talking about? Mark, what are you talking about? And then I get over the transom emails, articles from their authors. Oh, did you see what so-and-so wrote today? Really? Well, let me tell you what I wrote five weeks ago. Biden is sabotaging Israel and America. The Biden administration has intentionally created a situation in the Middle East where it is becoming increasingly difficult for Israel to launch a full-scale ground operation against Hamas in Gaza. Five weeks ago. The administration's rhetoric is more and more bellicose and more and more conditions are being set publicly and behind the scenes militarily on Israel's leadership and military. And we, the American public, are being misled and lied to by our own government. The Biden regime does not have Israel's back. It doesn't even have our back. Every day that goes by, Hamas and other Nazi groups and regimes, such as Iran, Syria, Qatar, and the Palestinian Authority, and others, are buying time to plan their attacks on Israel and support from Hamas and Hezbollah Nazi terrorists. In Gaza, the enemy is fortifying its positions, essentially in tunnel networks, while the Biden administration has organized the world around a, quote, humanitarian, unquote, effort to get goods and medicine into Gaza, while Egypt blocks the main passageway for the Palestinians to leave. And now, of course, Biden's doing Egypt's water carrying. 
by saying the Palestinians are not to be removed from Gaza because Egypt doesn't want them. Not another country's army anywhere on the planet is expected or pressured to do such a thing again five weeks ago. Of course, not one Arab country will accept one Palestinian. The Biden administration's pressure on Egypt is minimal, as is its effort, if there are any, for any Arab or Muslim country to take Palestinians into their country. Biden, Blinken, and the rest of our regime leaders repeatedly signal to the enemy that they do not want to open up any fronts in this war, any new fronts. But why would they continually telegraph their greatest concerns to the Iranian regime that will use those concerns to, be- to its benefit and, strategic- and, st- and strategize accordingly? Has it occurred to the President and Secretary of State that it already has spread to Hezbollah and that our own military has been repeatedly attacked by Iran's proxies, the same Iran that killed and maimed Americans in Iraq and elsewhere with no effective response, the same Iran that is still receiving billions of dollars in oil revenue because Biden refuses to enforce existing sanctions against Iran, the same Iran that Biden and Blinken rearmed and appeased, they are still funding Iran's war regime and their terrorist proxies, and are developing nukes without any plan by Biden or Blinken to stop them? The same Biden regime that hired four Iranian special pleaders and spies to try and convince the Iranians to get back into the disastrous Obama nuclear deal and installed Israel-hating Mehar Bittar as senior director for intelligence programs at the NSC. The same Biden regime that has nominated Jack Lew as our ambassador to Israel despite his central role in appeasing Iran with billions in payments under Obama and more. And that's for hostages. The Biden regime is pressuring Israel to do things no army can accomplish. Again, this is October 25th, five weeks ago. One, feed and medicate the citizens who occupy the territory where the enemy is dug in, of which it slaughters Israelis. Two, destroy the enemy which hides among its population and holds hostages without hurting any citizens or hostages. Three, Conduct urban warfare, building to building and room to room with tunnels and IEDs without harming any mosques, UN sites, schools and hospitals, which are used by the enemy to launch attacks on Israelis and where the enemy hides. And four, do nothing that might cause Iran, which is funding it all, thanks to Biden's policies, to expand the war, even though Iran is expanding the war and attacking our own forces through surrogates. I might add, there's never a word by Biden, Blinken, or any others in the Biden regime about the, young, about the lives of young IDF soldiers, most of whom are reservists, and their well-being and safety. The Biden regime has implanted a Marine general not merely to advise the Israelis, but to watch over their military and interfere with their war effort. Biden seeks to be a disastrous commander-in-chief, not just in our own country, but in Israel. They're using the provision of weapons as a condition to impose on the Israelis what they may or may not do with those weapons. That is, blackmailing them on military decisions. And diplomatically, the Biden regime is working with our European allies to pressure Israel not to fight the kind of war they must fight to prevent future terrorist attacks from Hamas. But they lie to us about their full support for Israel. Indeed, they publicly and continuously lecture Israel about complying with the rules of law and proportionality, which the Biden regime interpret wrongly and intentionally mean don't fight the war to obliterate the enemy. And of course, Biden and Blinken calculate that more time that passes, the less support there will be for Israel to defend itself. Boy, is that pressure.
Again, this is five weeks ago where I wrote this. Hamas knows this well. That's why they took over 200 hostages and uses them as military pawns. They know Biden paid $6 billion to the enemy, Iran, for five hostages. The Biden regime is busy seeking impossible peace rather than victory. Blinken said as much in a recent tweet. So the Biden regime, which destroyed actual peace under Trump's policies and blew up the Middle East, <clears throat> where only a few years ago Iran was on its back, the Palestinian terrorists were defunded, and Arab and Muslim countries entered into multiple peace deals with Israel, is seeking to appease the terrorists that it has unleashed. And Israel's very existence, as well as well-being of American forces in the region, are now at stake. We've gone from unimaginable peace under Trump and his foreign policy of peace through strength to horrific terrorism and war under Biden's policy of appeasement and worse, financial support for our enemies. And it goes on. That was October 25th, five weeks ago. Mark Lovin. Have you seen the headlines lately? Third highest deficit in history. Digital dollar sparks uncertainty. We're living in an unpredictable world, but gold is still gold. It's weathered many storms. My gold gives me peace of mind. It's tangible. And I'm a firm believer in owning gold. My favorite gold company? Augusta Precious Metals. Why? Let me tell you something. They're top of the top. If you have an IRA or a 401k, do you want to diversify with physical gold? You can learn about the benefits of a gold IRA from Augusta Precious Metals. They're outstanding. Get a free guide to gold IRAs from Augusta Precious Metals today. Text LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, to 68592. That's L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Again, LEVIN to 68592. Or visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Text data and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. October 31, Israel is in a war. It did not start but must win. These are my tweets. November 1st, who the hell does Blinken think he is to tell Israel who should govern Gaza? It goes on. November 5th. Make it November 3rd. Unbelievable and sickening. Biden turning on Israel for purely domestic political purposes. Biden losing support among Arab supporters of Hamas in Michigan and elsewhere. November 3rd. So he implies Israel is not protecting civilians and there must be a ceasefire which would utterly undermine Israel's military efforts. At the same time, Telling the terrorist Nazis the U.S. will reward them with a country carved out of Israel or Gaza itself. It's time for Republicans in Congress to dig into this. November 4th. The U.S. Is, not, is now calling for a ceasefire. The American people stand with Israel. The Republican Party stands with Israel. Republicans in Congress stand with Israel. The Democrat Party and the Democrat Party media, media and the Democrat Party protesters, many of whom are calling for the annihilation of Israel and the Jews, are calling for a ceasefire. November 5th, Blinken's rogue and deadly foreign policy. Blinken this morning is meeting with the PLO, promising them a two-state solution. Neither our Congress nor the Israeli government agreed to this, but Blinken, a holdover from the Biden regime, excuse me, Obama regime, is running his own foreign policy now. And it is contemptible 
Blinken is also responsible for the policy of rearming the Iranian regime and the Hamas Nazis. November 11th. Our soldiers have been attacked over 50 times in the last month by the Iranian Nazi regime and its Islamist surrogates. And Biden refuses to do anything serious about it. Our enemies in the Middle East see it. Our enemies all over the world see it. Biden is actually provoking attacks against our forces and our allies with his failure to defend our men and women in uniform. November 12th. Time for the GOP to expose and push back against the Biden regime. The Biden regime, this time hapless, Secretary of Defense Austin is telling Israel, it must not win the war. It must not protect its own citizens from Hezbollah, that's Iran. The Biden people are leaking to their favorite media outlets, publicly undermining Israel's war effort and threatening Israel. It's time for leading Republicans in the Senate and the House to hold a press conference and make clear to the Biden regime and the rest of the world that Americans do not agree with what the Biden regime is doing. See, they're doing this without a stated foreign policy. They're doing this out of confusion. To create confusion. November 13th, the Biden regime is in full propaganda mode, as is its media, demanding that Israel lose the war. Israel's not doing enough for the civilians in Gaza, they're told, even though Israel's the only country trying to actively protect the citizens while trying to defeat Hamas. Israel must not push back too hard against Hezbollah in the north of Israel, even though the Iranian terrorist surrogate is constantly firing missiles and artillery shells into Israel and trying to breach the border into Israel. November 13, I'm starting to wonder if Biden and his regime actually want the citizens in Gaza to live in freedom. Israel's actually liberating Gaza citizens by combating the Hamas Nazis who are killing them. November 14th, Biden Blinken continue to release billions to Iran, rearming them and empowering their police state while they make war with Israel and attack our own troops. It is Biden Blinken who unleashed hell in the Middle East after Trump's multiple peace deals. And it is Biden Blinken who are expanding the war there by adding billions and billions to Iran's war machine. November 19th. The Israeli government is becoming too accommodating of Biden and Blinken. The Israelis were horribly brutalized. Their girls were raped. Their babies were murdered. And although there's a lot of lip service from the Biden regime that it stands with Israel, it does not. The outcome they seek is to reward the Palestinians within another state, but one that includes not just Gaza, but Judea and Samaria. This is a grotesque exploitation of the Jewish state. Israel's not fighting to give the Palestinians another country carved out of Israel's ancestral land. And the anti-Semitic U.S. State Department doesn't give a damn about Israel's sovereignty and borders. The Israeli government must push back. Israel is a sovereign country. And given what has been done to their people, they should tune out the bullcrap about humanitarian pauses and defeat the Nazi enemy. November 19th. Let's face it. The Democrat Party and media do not want Israel to win against Hamas. They use the civilians in Gaza as the reason. Notice they never show any concern about the mass murder of civilians in Syria or Iran or Yemen or China or Russia. They never talk about the responsibility of the murder of civilians in Gaza by Hamas. And they certainly don't give a damn about the American civilians dying from fentanyl or the migrants being sold into sex slavery and child abuse and so forth and so on. November 21. It's now official. Biden, Blinken do not want Israel to win the war against Hamas. 
November 26, Biden wants longer ceasefire. These are my posts, and I'll stop there as it goes on. No, I'm not Nostradamus. But I know an America-hating, Israel-hating regime when I see one. And I see one with 2020 vision. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. You know, our numbers are coming in across the country on the ratings. And given the time slot I'm in, we're up against the toughest schedule from competition across the board, particularly sports. We have some major metropolitan areas that have multiple sports teams. Uh, whether it's football, whether it was baseball, whether it's hockey. And uh, we've got very solid numbers. I want to thank you folks for this. In what is truly the toughest time in the schedule, particularly on the East Coast, 6 to 9 p.m. Always has been and it always will be. It's the nature of the beast. And as this business diversifies or really splinters into other platforms whether it's podcasting whether it's online whether it's apps satellite FM radio AM radio when you're holding numbers and you have strong numbers consistently throughout the year and throughout the years this is a big deal again particularly from 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern time And whatever time that is where you are. And that's thanks to you folks again. Our podcast numbers are through the roof. Our radio numbers are just wonderful. Um, Satellite doesn't keep numbers, or at least they don't tell us, but we have a big satellite following, especially with our trucker brothers and sisters and police officers in their cruisers and so forth. So it's all very important that we get the message out, we get the word out, particularly coming up to this election. And this election is getting more and more hideous by the second. Because the Democrat Party is now using tactics that have never been used in American history. We thought that of the last midterm elections, and it was true. We thought that of the prior election, 2020, that was true. Our voting system is now a complete disaster. It's a complete mess, which is exactly how Democrats and the radical left and the media want it to be, because there they can succeed. Very few checks and balances anymore, and whatever checks and balances there are, particularly in Democrat strongholds, they're eliminating them. They claim there's no fraud, but they 
They seek to eliminate virtually every barrier to fraud that exists. And of course, they want to nationalize our elections and turn the whole country into California. This is a problem. That is an understatement. So the question is, what do we do about this? And it's a complicated question because when you have a Democrat party that literally hates the country and will do anything for power and so will their media, when you have this kind of autocratic force taking place in the country, it's a huge problem. But I don't have a magic wand. I'm not king of the country. But I have a microphone. I have a TV camera. So it's very important that I call out what I see. So you, the army, the army of Thomas Paine's and Paul Revere's can get the message out to your friends and family and your coworkers. This is crucial. <clears throat> Absolutely crucial. The aggressive, hideous propaganda campaign has begun. Actually, it never stopped, but it's getting more and more vile by the day. And the best measure of that, the best guidepost of that would be Joe Scarborough. Joe Scarborough has no limitation on his ability to lie, to demagogue, and to propagandize. And that's what happens with low IQ individuals who are given a public platform by a woke corporation like Comcast. By a very weak cable channel like MSNBC. It's like the, uh, the Guinness Book of World Records, you know, who's got the longest toenails, who's got the longest na- nasal hair, um, there's a person with three breasts. There's a guy that got to be nine feet, four inches tall. Well, that's what you're looking at when you're looking at MSNBC, a complete freak show. And CNN does its best to be MSNBC. And often succeeds, by the way. <clears throat> Just as Mediate, Dan Abrams' operation, which is a Democrat Party operation. He's a Democrat. His brother-in-law was part of a prosecution team with the Mueller team against Trump. They've never revealed that. And so they do what they can. They'll throw a few stories out here, trashing a Republican or something. But, but that's their mission. All of these elements are now coalescing around Nikki Haley. Now the Coke network has gotten behind Nikki Haley. Now I want you to know something about Coke. Many years ago, my wife was a deputy general counsel at Freedom Partners, the Freedom Part of Coke. She left. Mark Short, the right-hand hatchet man for Mike Pence, was once a senior official over there at Freedom Partners. He left. The Coke network is not what it used to be. Charles Koch is a radical libertarian. He believes in open borders. He's anti-Israel in my view. He's weak on law enforcement and punishing criminals. 
He's a radical libertarian, not a constitutional conservative, a radical libertarian. And it's gotten worse, which is why some people have left. Other people hang on because they need the money, but other people have left. Pig Hegseth worked over there at one point. Pete left because they considered him too pro-military, U.S. military. Pete's no wild-eyed interventionist or globalist, but he was too much for them. So Pete left. He came to Fox full-time. So this is a radical libertarian organization. As a matter of fact, Charles Koch formed the Quincy Institute with George Soros. And the Quincy Institute is a pacifist, isolationist operation. In my view, very anti-American military, and obviously very anti-Israel. So Charles Koch's network of millionaires and billionaires, with some objections, has now endorsed Nikki Haley. Now you might scratch your head and say, how's that possible? She preaches being tough on the border, but she's not. She preaches being tough on law enforcement. She has no record, excuse me, on law and order. She has no record of being so tough. She preaches taking on communist China, but her record's the opposite of that. She slobbered all over Xi and the Communist Party. She's not into cutting government, even though she says she will. She has no record of that. Her record is very milquetoast. And some of the best questioning of that came out when Tim Scott was in the race. But notice, none of the moderators really put it to Nikki Haley. And notice when she's challenged by another candidate on the stage, she really raises her voice, she speaks over the individual... She interrupts the individual and does, what about you? And you did this. And what about you? And you did this. And then the media say that is a great debate performance. It's a lousy debate performance. Then she's all over cable TV, including my my home at Fox. She's all over everywhere. And now she's spending millions and millions of dollars to try and be the number two candidate. So all the Trump haters will coalesce around her. That's her hope. That's the plan. And Charles Koch hates Donald Trump. Charles Koch hates a secure border. Charles Koch hates a strong United States military. And yet he backs Nikki Haley. And all the people who are part of this network, the donors and the employees alike, I guess they march right behind them. And of course, where does this story appear? The headline is in the New York Times. Maggie Haberman. What would Maggie Haberman do without Donald Trump? If there was no Donald Trump on the scene, what would she do? She's in love with Donald Trump. She thinks more about Donald Trump than any other human being on the face of the earth. She's on CNN, the Constipated News Network, where she looks constipated. She talks about Donald Trump. 
The New York Times, she writes about Donald Trump. She writes books about Donald Trump, Donald Trump, Donald Trump. She's obsessed. She's like a stalker. And Shane Goldmacher, whoever that is, and Jonathan Swan, another phony. Oh, didn't he used to work for uh, an online news publication? They all want to work for the New York Times. The Holocaust denying, the Castro supporting, the Stalin supporting New York Times. The political network founded by the Koch brothers is endorsing Nikki Haley in the Republican presidential primary, it reads, giving her organization muscle and financial heft as she battles Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida for second place in Iowa. I would ask the people in Iowa, of which there are many who listen to this program, is this what you want? She's also being backed by this guy Richard Fink at BlackRock or Blackstone. The guy that was pushing hard, DEI and ESG on other companies. She's also being backed by rhino billionaires like this Ken Griffin in Florida who hopes to be governor of Florida one day over my dead body, but he might. And these other chameleons. I say with all due respect, just my opinion. The commitment by the network, Americans for Prosperity Action, bolsters Ms. Haley as the campaign enters the final seven weeks before the first nominating contest. Since the first Republican primary debate, Ms. Haley has steadily climbed into polls and is closely competing with Mr. DeSantis for a second-place slot in Iowa. Now, everybody knows that Ron DeSantis and I are friends, that our family are friends. We go way back. Way back. And that my stepson is assisting in his campaign. And yet I'm not sitting here and endorsing. Because I'm not allowed to. <clears throat> so people read what they want to into that. Don't read anything into that. Don't read a thing into that. There's no bigger voice on TV or behind this microphone that defends Donald Trump against what's happening to Donald Trump than me. Excuse me. Than I. By the way, as a footnote, I watch these shows. I love these shows. Chicago PD. They're on ION Network. ION. FBI. One of the great shows about the FBI. The... Uh, the Chicago Fire. The Reagan Police Family. That may be my favorite. I love these shows. Love them. Love them. Love them. I'm hooked on them. I wasn't before my wife turned me on to them. I said, these are great. But I watch some of the actors, and it's not the actors. It's the people who write the scripts. And they end these sentences with at. Now, some of you may do this too, but this is just a short little English lesson. You don't end sentences with the word at. I watch TV too. I watch shows that don't cause me to think about what I have to talk about every day just to get a little break, a little psychological break. And the sentence that most annoys me is the one that ends with, we are at... We are, at, we are at. Where's everybody 
at? Where's everybody? Period. Not where's everybody at? No, where is everybody? No, no. Where's everybody at? You do this, Mr. Producer? I don't remember. He won't say. You don't need to say where's everybody at. It's where is everybody? Yeah. Where are you at? No, no, no. Where are you? Where is everybody? Where is he at? No, no. Where is he? That's enough. Just a little thought game. Back to the Koch brothers. Excuse me. One brother passed away. Actually, the the better of the two. Ms. Haley, who has described Mr. Trump's time as past. Well, the voters will decide that, Nikki. Has gained support from donors and her candidacy has received approval from elite opinion makers. Many of whom describe her as the best alternative to Mr. Trump. But Ms. Haley's campaign does not have the organizational strength that Mr. DeSantis does, thanks to the work the super PAC affiliated with his campaign has been doing for much of the year. But the endorsement from the super PAC established by David and Charles Koch, David has passed away, could help change that. It will give her access to a direct mail operation. Field workers to knock on doors and people making phone calls to prospective voters in Iowa and beyond. The group also has money to spend on TV advertisements. So Nikki Haley wants to buy her way into the presidency. Americans for Prosperity Action has been among the country's largest spenders on anti-Trump material this year, buying online ads and sending mailers to voters in a number of states, including Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina. The group has spent more than $9 million in independent expenditures opposing Mr. Trump, and they're hammering and focusing mostly on Iowa right now. February 2023 memo, Emily Seidel, the president of Americans for Prosperity, wrote... We need to turn the page on the past, so the best thing for the country would be to have a president in 2025 who represents a new chapter. And that would be Nikki Haley, who's George W. Bush in a dress. I'll be right back. Lovin. You want a deal? I got one for you. Free Moto G5G phone from Pure Talk. No gimmicks, no trading necessary. Just sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk, unlimited text, 15 gig data plan, just 35 bucks, and get the Moto G 5G phone free. But here's the deal. You need to move fast because these phones will be gone by the end of the month. So if your current phone is on life support, upgrade for free with Pure Talk. Enjoy two-day battery life, an exceptional quad pixel camera, and a whole lot more. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, to get this exclusive offer and to select the plan that's right for your family. Remember, Pure Talk gives you America's most dependable 5G network at half the price. So make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Levin, that's slash L-E-V-I-N, to claim your free Moto G5G phone with qualifying plan. Again, puretalk.com slash Levin, Pure Talk, simply smarter wireless. Judge Chunkin, Tanya Chunkin, in uh, Washington, D.C., should never have been appointed to the bench. She should never be anywhere near a courthouse. She's precisely the kind of rogue judge that destroys the judicial system. She's ruled against 
in significant part or in whole against every single motion that the Trump people have filed, including very serious motions about constitutional rights, the First Amendment, the Fifth and the Sixth Amendments. She's ruled that the government can and is not required to expunge any of the hyper-information they've put in their filings about the January 6th violence, since Trump isn't charged with any of that. And she said, no, they don't have to. More when I return. You want a deal? I got one for you. Free Moto G 5G phone from Pure Talk. No gimmicks, no trading necessary. Just sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk, unlimited text, 15 gig data plan, just 35 bucks, and get the Moto G 5G phone free. But here's the deal. You need to move fast because these phones will be gone by the end of the month. So if your current phone is on life support, upgrade for free with Pure Talk. Enjoy two-day battery life, an exceptional quad pixel camera, and a whole lot more. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, to get this exclusive offer and to select the plan that's right for your family. Remember, Pure Talk gives you America's most dependable 5G network at half the price. So make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Levin, that's slash L-E-V-I-N, to claim your free Moto G 5G phone with qualifying plan. Again, puretalk.com slash Levin, Pure Talk, simply smarter wireless. Mark Levin, the research arm of conservative media. Call in now, 877-381-3811. So let's see what they've done to Trump in Washington, D.C., in the federal courthouse there, which pretends to pursue justice. Nobody's above the law, don't you know, America? Nobody. We're going to hold everybody to account, don't you know? So in that courthouse, we had a federal judge appointed by Obama, used to work for Pat Leahy, who ruled that Donald Trump does not have attorney-client privilege. She did this in secret proceedings. You and I have no idea what took place. But she determined that there was an attempt to commit a crime through attorney-client privilege. Therefore, she will waive it. As a due process right, a due process right under the Fifth Amendment. You know, you have a right to tell your lawyer pretty much anything. For instance, you can say to your lawyer, what if I were to set a match to that building? Would that be illegal? Well, of course it would. That's different than saying to a lawyer, I'm going to set a match to that building. Two different things, right? Well, we have no idea what took place. And so Donald Trump's leading lawyer on the January 6th case was forced to testify in front of Jack Smith, the rogue, phony special prosecutor's grand jury, which is made up and chosen from the 94% Democrat population in Washington, D.C. that voted for Biden and against Trump. So he lost attorney-client privilege. And also that lawyer's notes were taken. Then came the issue of executive privilege. Discussions Trump had with his vice president, Mike Pence. Apparently Mike Pence is squealing as hard as he can and as often as he can at the direction of the prosecutor. That's the reports. Sure it's true. It wouldn't be in the media if it wasn't, would it? 
Trump lost that. Then Trump's lawyers said, we can't possibly prepare a defense with over 12 million documents in five months. We can't even point to another example in this district or anywhere else where that's taken place. What's the rush? There's no statute of limitations here. We have an election going on. This interferes with the ability of the candidate to run. Oh, that's okay, says the judge. You have five months. And not only that, she calls the state judge in New York handling the other bogus NDA case, non-disclosure agreement case, and says to that judge, I know you're scheduled to go before my case, but can I go before you? And that judge says, well, of course you can, Judge Chunkin. So she sets the trial date for the day before Super Tuesday. There was no need to have that at all prior to the election, but she's in a hurry. There's some emergency. There's no statute of limitations, but there's some emergency. We need to get this resolved, don't you know? Well, wait a minute. It happened almost four years ago. No, no, no. We've got to get this resolved now, once and for all. And what are we getting resolved? Then there's the charges. The Ku Klux Klan Act, the Enron laws, and a federal contractor law. Not insurrection, not treason, as all the legal analysts on CNN and MSNBC, and yes, some in my home network said, no, 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 none of that. To the great dismay of Bill Barr and Karl Rove and others. So we have four preposterous charges. And then the Trump lawyers file a motion and they say, hey, look, look at all the comments, Judge, that you have made in the sentencing phases of these other people associated with January 6th. You have attacked Donald Trump, not just by implication, but by more, not by name, but everybody knows who you're talking about. You did it on more than one occasion and you did it repeatedly. And she decided on her own behalf, no, no, I didn't. I had to say certain things in order to, you know, sense these people. So her conduct on the bench has been utterly unethical. But she won't recuse herself. Okay. What else has she done? She gagged the candidate for president, the former president, right in the face of the government leaking again and again and again information first from the grand jury, then other information, spinning it, leasing it to Maggot Haberman, leasing it to all kinds of reprobates in the media who are not interested in the truth or any of that. They're interested. Let's get Trump. Get him. Get him. Get him. Get him. And so they become mouthpieces for the government, as they have with Iran under Obama and as they have with Hamas under Biden. So they're mouthpieces for the government. I write all about this in the Democrat Party Hates America, but you know what? There's millions of you, and I want to get this really made clear and underscored. So she says, too bad. And she rules the other day, as I said. Oh, and that gag order is on appeal to a three-judge panel. They have these panels of the D.C. Circuit, so all the judges don't have to be involved unless... There's an appeal to the entire bench, and they can take that or not. So the full bench can hear the case, maybe the court. 
Even the American Criminal Liberties Union, a.k.a. the ACLU, has said, look, we despise Trump, but this is ridiculous. This is too much. So the, the panel heard the case in an emergency hearing to speed everything up, you know, because there's an election. Two judges appointed by Obama, one judge appointed by Biden. Isn't it amazing? All Trump haters. And they're looking to split the baby in half. You can't have a complete right to speak. Only a partial right. Your opponents have a complete right to speak. The prosecutor has a complete right to speak. And even leak, because there's been no... There's been no order by the judge to conduct a leak investigation. I mean, after all, those leaks do affect the the fact of the judiciary being abused. The judiciary has to defend itself, too, but not now. No, it doesn't want to. They're in on it. And so there's the gag. So as I said, the Trump people said, okay, look, these filings of the government with all the violence in there, January 6th, and there, Donald Trump's not charged with any of that. You're trying to, you know, get the heavy Democrat future jury all hyped up, focused on emotion and not on the facts. Judge says, well, that's okay. I'm going to deny your motion. Look, when jury selection comes up, what we call voir dire, if you want to, you know, challenge there, you can get rid of So she doesn't even want to protect the sanctity of the allegations. Oh, it's okay. You can bring that in. It's nothing to do with the charges. No, that's okay. So in response, Donald Trump's lawyers file another motion. They say, okay, look, we got three months to go. You're denying all these motions. We need access to the January 6th Pelosi committee information to see if there's any information in there that might be exculpatory or useful. I mean, after all, if they're able to bring up January 6th and the violence that took place, we want to act, oh, no, 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 she says the other day. That's a fishing expedition. It's a fishing expedition. So I'm ruling against you. You don't get access to that information, no matter how many times the prosecution refers to what took place that day, you cannot have that information. Fishing expedition. Besides, it might delay our proceedings here. Not about justice, or about the election. And there have been other things. Complete and utter abuses of power by Merrick Garland, by Lisa Monaco, the Deputy Attorney General, and of course by Mr. 8-0, admonished by the U.S. Supreme Court Special Prosecutor, who was appointed, really in violation of the Department of Justice regulations, because a a special counsel is supposed to be appointed to investigate individuals at senior levels within your own administration, not your political opponent. That's not why we have a special counsel. Now, why is that a problem? Because the special counsel is focused on one person. A U.S. attorney's office is not focused on one person. They have a thousand cases, some of them going at the same time. So they can't put all their resources on one case. But a special prosecutor can get all the resources he wants focused on one person. That's why they appointed a special counsel. You can use as many prosecutors 
investigators, FBI agents, and as much funds as you want in pursuit of one man. And that's what they're doing. And this is only one case, mind you. This is only one case. So what this judge is doing, of course, the Biden administration, but they don't care. But what this judge is doing, and let me be clear about this. I wish it weren't the case, but they're doing it, not me. Is she is ensuring, from her perspective, that Donald Trump will be convicted of at least one count. That's her goal. That's her purpose. So that when Donald Trump runs in the general election, or doesn't even complete the primary election, he will be called by Jake Tapper, Wolf Blitzer, and all the others, and this is intentional. They're all waiting. They're all salivating. A convicted felon. So in addition to Hitler, Stalin, and Mussolini, worse than Hitler, Stalin, and Mussolini, and his obvious intent to imprison and execute people, according to Joe Scarborough, and his mental <coughs> incapacity, according to John Carl, an ABC reporter, and on and on and on. He's a convicted felon by a jury of his peers. Now, why is that important? Because everybody doesn't think like we do. Everybody doesn't see this as a complete outrage like we do. And there was a survey done, a fairly elaborate one, in September, late September of this year, that said if Donald Trump is a convicted felon on any count, just one, that's all they need, one, and that's why there's 91 counts against him in different jurisdictions. He will lose the general election to Biden by 6%, another one says by 10%. So in addition to all the shenanigans that's going to go on with changing the election laws and all the rest of it, and the efforts to keep Donald Trump off the ballot that so far have failed, 0 for 4, which I told you was preposterous. But Larry Tribe said, hey, you know, that could work, moron, clown. There's this. Convicted felon. That's what they want. They do not want a debate on Joe Biden's policies domestic and foreign. They do not want people to remember what he's done to this country and he's done to Israel and other countries. They do not want you to remember the price of food, the price of heating oil, the price of everything through the roof. They want you to be scared that you might elect Hitler, or worse, Stalin, or worse, Mussolini, or worse. He's a convicted felon, duly convicted by a jury. Oh, my God, and he's going to imprison people and execute them. Versus the price of a McDonald's meal. Now, what is more concerning to you? I'll be right back. Lovin. You want a deal? I got one for you. Free Moto G5G phone from Pure Talk. No gimmicks, no trade-in necessary. 
Just sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk, unlimited text, 15 gig data plan, just 35 bucks, and get the Moto G 5G phone free. But here's the deal. You need to move fast because these phones will be gone by the end of the month. So if your current phone is on life support, upgrade for free with Pure Talk. Enjoy two-day battery life, an exceptional quad-pixel camera, and a whole lot more. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, to get this exclusive offer and to select the plan that's right for your family. Remember, Pure Talk gives you America's most dependable 5G network at half the price. So make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Levin, that's slash L-E-V-I-N, to claim your free Moto G 5G phone with qualifying plan. Again, puretalk.com slash Levin, Pure Talk, simply smarter wireless. You know, it's funny. Yet, we have four adult children in our family, of course. I told you about our, my stepson, David. My daughter, Lauren, is and always has been Trump. Is and always has been Trump. You know, when I was backing Cruz, a long time ago in the primary, she was Trump. My father liked Trump and Cruz and really didn't come down on one side or the other. But he did say to me, I remember those battles. Remember that, Mr. Producer? He says, why don't you get off Trump's ass? <laughs> Which I did. I've gotten to know him. And really, we adore him. Julie and I. And so adult children will make their decisions on who they want to support. Luckily, none of them support Bernie Sanders or anything like that. So we don't have that problem. We don't have that issue. But when I communicate to you, I communicate what Mark Levin's opinions are. Not what one of our children's opinions are, one of our nephew's opinions are, what Ernie Grabowski's opinion is. I'm not influenced by any of that. Anybody who's in a family understands this. But what I am proud of is our kids all share basic principles, love of country, faith. They're hardworking. They're taxpayers. They contribute to society. Not one of them is on the doll. That's what matters to me. But when you have news platforms like Semaphore, which is all slobbered up with the Communist Party, in China, and doesn't make that known. Which is really an investment tool. Sort of a, in my view, a phony news operation that spends most of its time and most of its effort building relationships with corporations that do business in China. When you have an organization like Mediate, which never reveals that its founder, Dan Abrams, is part of a Democrat family, prominent Democrat family, not known to most people, but that his brother-in-law, who's married to the federal judge, a Democrat who was appointed by Obama, but that his brother-in-law was on the Trump prosecution team. Maybe they mentioned that immediately. I haven't seen it, but they are sure as hell obsessed with trashing Donald Trump over there. And then you have Media Matters, which has all kinds of dark money backing it, founded by Soros. It never puts a little... You know, a bug at the bottom that says Media Matters, founded by Soros, or one of Soros's 
that they're one of the... They don't do that. Why is that? They're news operators. I'm just a little opinion guy. I shall return. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. So a friend literally sent me during the break a clip. He said, this demonstrates everything you've been talking about. It was posted at 7.22 p.m. by Mediaite, Charlie Nash. This is Dan Abrams' group, which is really a Democrat front operation with very low IQ operators. But anyway, it doesn't matter. CNN has lousy ratings. CNN is a profit-loss center. For the major global corporation that owns that, that so-called news platform. And Jake Tapper's like their guy, because he used to work for ABC. But of course, he used to work for Handgun Control Inc. And Marjorie Mezvinsky, a one-term Democrat, lefty congresswoman out of Montgomery County, Pennsylvania. See, Jake Tapper's from Abington Township. I'm from Cheltenham Township. Those are neighboring townships. And they were competitive in terms of high schools and so forth and so on. So I know who Jake Tapper is. I know the community he comes out of. I know his mindset. And it is a typical liberal suburban Democrat mindset. But here's what my friend was talking about. Here's the headline. And notice how Mediaite is constantly promoting this guy as they are Scarborough who have no ratings. Jake Tapper confronts former Israeli Prime Minister on civilian debt toll in Gaza. Quote, is Netanyahu going to continue to ignore President Biden? It's written this way. CNN anchor Jake Tapper confronted former Israeli Prime Minister Naftali Bennett on the number of civilian deaths in Gaza before asking him whether Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu would, quote, continue to ignore, unquote, President Joe Biden on the matter. They hate Netanyahu. The self-haters... The liberals, the Marxists, they hate Netanyahu for the very reason that Tapper here reveals and asks. Isn't he going to listen to Biden? Is he going to keep ignoring Biden? 
Let me just add a footnote, which I think is very important to this. Here's some context. We talk about globalists all the time, right? Why are we involved here? Why are we involved there? We have our own nation. We should be worried about what happens here. But Biden is said to be a globalist, right? Not always. He's a globalist when it comes to uh, unconstitutionally and illegally conferring our authority onto foreign entities and governments like climate change or when he deals with powerful countries like China or he deals with powerful allies like Japan or whatever. No reporter would ever, ever say to a former prime minister of any of those countries or a former president or leader of any of those countries, are they going to continue to ignore President Biden on this matter? It'd be like, you don't ask a leader of a country, but you do if the leader is Benjamin Netanyahu and it's the Jewish state. And this shows you the bigotry that takes place. This is a bigoted interview. I don't care what this guy's background is. That is Tapper. It is a bigoted interview. It is a question he would never ask anybody else who leads a sovereign nation or a democracy. Just as they dehumanize and villainize Trump, they dehumanize and villainize Netanyahu. And by the way, they used to do the same thing with Menachem Begin, too. So what does he say, Tapper? I want to ask you about Israeli strikes on Gaza. Because ultimately, this pause in hostilities is going to end, and Israel's going to continue to try to destroy Hamas. The one thing I continue to hear from Israeli supporters in the U.S. government, he says, whether it's the Biden administration or Congress, whether it's the Democrats or Republicans, I keep hearing, by the way, how many Republicans are talking to Jake Tapper? Who are they? What does he keep hearing? I keep hearing that the IDF needs to be much more careful when it comes to Palestinian civilians in Gaza. That the IDF needs to use more precision munitions. What does that mean? When people are hiding in tunnels and hospitals and schools, precision munitions, what he means is more Jewish young men and women who are in the reserves and are now serving the IDF and confronting these subhuman monsters, that is, Hamas, need to be killed. Let's listen to this. Go ahead. I want to ask you about Israeli strikes on Gaza, because ultimately this pause in hostilities is going to end and Israel is going to continue to try to destroy Hamas. Um, One thing I continue to hear from Israeli supporters in the U.S. government, whether it's the Biden administration or Congress, whether they're Democrats or Republicans, I keep hearing that the IDF needs to be much more careful when it comes to Palestinian civilians in Gaza, that the IDF needs to use more precision munitions, that the IDF needs to take fewer risks. Even if the conservative estimates are right, with 15,000 killed, even if 5,000 of them are Hamas, that's still a two-to-one ratio of civilians to Hamas. Listen to this. Listen to this. It's not evil versus good. It's not innocence versus terrorists. There's no context for how Hamas came to power. There's no context about that survey, I tell you. But even all that aside, Israel's expected to destroy this enemy, which uses its own people 
to feed propaganda to CNN and Jake Tapper. And it's expected to have a kill ratio that's not two to one. What does that mean? The kill ratio in Israel with Hamas slaughtering those villagers was 1,200 to zero. Go ahead. It's a lot of civilians who have been killed. Is Netanyahu going to continue to ignore President Biden on this issue of civilian casualties? Well, Jake, uh, we're not magicians. Uh, There's no magic uh, way to to, um, dramatically reduce uh, collateral damage when Hamas's deliberate goal, intentional goal, is to increase uh, Gaza. uh, All right, let me put it to you this way, Jake. Tell me, how many Gazans have been executed? Summarily executed. How many have been raped? By the IDF. How many have been decapitated? How many babies have been decapitated, Jake? How many civilian hostages have been taken by the Israelis? And now they say, okay, now we'll have a pause. Now we'll negotiate civilian for civilian. Have they done that, Jake? Obviously, the Israelis, the IDF, doesn't use the tactics of Hamas. But what Jake Tapper is demanding is an impossibility for any army on the face of the earth, including our own. And yet they're going to continue the propaganda. They're going to continue to be the mouthpiece for Iran and Hamas. And how come Jake Tapper, whenever he has one of these Biden administration officials or even Biden says, these hostages are on your hands, Mr. President. The blood is on your hands, Mr. President. You keep funding Hamas and the PLO and Hezbollah. You keep funding them, some of them directly with the U.N., some of them by violating the Taylor Force Act, by certainly Iran, by lifting the Trump enforcement of the sanctions, which he'll never admit. With billions of dollars going into Iran, how is it, Mr. President, Mr. Secretary of State, Mr. National Security Advisor, that you blew up the Middle East, that you provoked and instigated this? No, 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 no. Because Jake Tapper is a mouthpiece for this administration. Oh, he'll show ankle now and then, but he's a mouthpiece. When are you going to stop killing civilians, Jews? When are you Jews going to stop killing civilians? It's two to one now. And those are conservative numbers, you know. When are you going to stand out? Precision weapons. This is how people speak who know nothing about weapons at all. What precision weapons? What are they talking about? You've got tunnels there. You've got people hiding behind other people. He knows this, and yet he insists on pushing out this propaganda. I am convinced, ladies and gentlemen, 100% convinced. If Joe Biden had been president near the end of World War II, he would not have done what Harry Truman did. He would not have ended the war with unconditional surrender. I'm convinced that he would not have agreed with what FDR agreed to do to Dresden. No way. For all his concern about civilians, I don't know how many trips Jake Tapper's taken to the southern border. I don't know how many investigative researchers he has used and that he's been involved in to find out how many children have been sold into 
sex slavery on the southern border as a result of this president's policies. I don't know how many reports he's done on the 100,000 Americans that have died in this country as a result of the open borders and fentanyl. I don't know how many reports he's done about crime in the streets in America where thousands and thousands of Americans are murdered, particularly black-on-black crime. I don't know how many civilians Joe Bi- uh, excuse me, Jake Tapper cares about in this country, but damn few. That is clear. Jake Tapper should resign, and he should join the Joe Biden propaganda team. I don't know, Jake. How many? You give us a number. And how many will be okay by you? Your moral, your moral equivalency is disgusting. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Mark Levin, the thunder on the right. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Well, this is a first for me. Marjorie Teller Green, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing tonight, Mark? I'm doing great. We've never spoken, have we, that I can remember? No, I think we've seen each other at a few events, but we we haven't talked one-on-one. Waved at a distance, maybe. That's about it. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Well, you know, you're, uh, <clears throat> you're a firebrand, and I like that, because there aren't enough of them, and we're losing our country. And it's all well and good to talk in monotones. It's all well and good to, uh, to play along with the other folks, you know. But it's very, very important that people speak out and take a stand, and you certainly do that. And you are a very solid conservative, and you have a new book out. You have your first book out, MTG. MTG, yes. the cover, by the way, is fantastic. I wish I'd, I had that cover. I won't steal it from you. That's a really nice cover. Well, I want thank you, to, you. I appreciate you know, it. People characterize you. They project onto you, particularly in the media. Tell the audience, the millions of people in the audience, your background, where you come from, and how you got to Congress in the first place. Oh, I really appreciate that opportunity. Thank you, Mark. Well, I'm a regular, ordinary American, just like your listeners. I uh, grew up in a, in a small family business. My, it was a construction company that my mom and dad ran. Um, and then went to college. After college, bought my parents' construction company. They retired and just proceeded to raise a family, three children who are adults now. And just like most Americans, kept looking at Washington feeling like Washington didn't understand us, we felt like forgotten Americans, watched our jobs and manufacturing go overseas and, and watched Washington, D.C. force us and plunge us into debilitating debt that, that is just unbelievable. Um, while they've kept our borders open, our cities have fallen apart, rural America has fallen apart. We have our manufacturing plants that loom like graveyards and skeletons over our small towns. Uh, and has really destroyed small town, uh, you know, life. And so I ran for Congress in 2020 because I truly believed in Make America Great Again, absolutely loving President Trump. And since I've come into Congress in January of 2021, the media has attacked me, the Democrats have attacked me. It was something I never expected. 
but I think it's because they knew I mean every word that I say, and they're terrified of of real Americans coming in trying to hold hold the federal government accountable. They really are, aren't they? They don't like small business people who are Republicans who come into Congress. They don't like people they don't know who come into Congress. And yet, if you're a Marxist street activist out of Manhattan and you come into Congress, uh, but actually not out of Manhattan, but it's bad enough, like AOC, they promote you. And no offense, she's as dim-witted as they come. She hasn't accomplished a damn thing, and yet they keep promoting her. And in your case, they keep putting you down, putting you down, putting you down. But you have a thick skin to deal with this. I mean, the book is fantastic. It talks about your roots. It talks about your values. It talks about what you found in Washington, D.C. And you need a thick skin, don't you? That's that old line, uh, I forget who it was, who said, if you need a friend in Washington, get a dog. Is that about right? <laughs> That's right. I would, I would say definitely know who you are and know where you come from. The good thing is, is I've got wonderful friends and family back home that know me and and none of that has ever changed in my life no matter what they've lied about me and said uh and the thing is is you also don't want to value what washington is you have to see it for exactly what it is and it's a completely broken system that's corrupt uh that's used and abused and many people are here for the worst reasons imaginable and when you don't place your value on on washington dc and that's not your identity it's easy to come to Washington and fight for what most Americans believe in, and it's easy to have that thick skin. And in Washington, D.C., up is down, isn't it? Because um, here they try and create controversy around you for some of your views, and yet there's Joe Biden, who was a segregationist racist, and uh, now he's, uh, he's the, great, uh, the great hope. There's Joe Biden that's stabbing Israel in the back as we speak. There's Joe Biden, who will not secure the border, despite the inhumanity that that's creating all along the border, on both sides of the border. And there's Joe Biden bankrupting Americans who can barely hang on with the price of food and gasoline. And yet you're controversial, and he's one of the greatest presidents ever. That's Washington, right? Oh, that's Washington to a T. And these are also the issues I wrote about in my book. Uh, The real racists, those are the Democrats, not Republicans. You talk about AOC, I wrote a whole chapter about her and the Green New Deal because the Green New Deal is is absurd policy that is literally going to destroy our country and plunge us into darkness. It'll ruin every uh, opportunity that we have in the future. And China will control us and beat us at everything. And, and they're progressing that way under the Biden administration. But yeah, you're right, Mark. Washington, D.C., everything that is right is wrong. And everything that is wrong is completely right. And, I mean, the American people would not believe what I face on a daily basis and what really happens in the halls of Congress. You take, for example, this week, they passed a continuing resolution right before Thanksgiving break that I voted against because we can't kick the can down the road on the Biden administration's budget, the budget that Nancy Pelosi made. Uh, But we're back here in Washington this week, and we're not even – Passing an appropriation I want you to hold on. We're going to carry over the next segment. We need much more time with you. The book is mtgbook.com. That's where you get it. M-M-T-G, as in Marjorie Taylor Green. mtgbook.com. You can get it on Amazon, too, as well. And I've linked to it on all my social sites. You're really going to want to get a hold of this book. She's actually quite a fascinating individual. We'll be right back. 
Marjorie Taylor Greene. The book is MTG. It's really an intriguing book. It's a well-written book. It's easy-to-read book. You go to mtgbook.com or go to Amazon and just type in MTG, and it'll be right there. You'll see the cover. And this is the book that the rest of the media don't want you to know about. And that's okay, because I sell books. I write books and sell them when the rest of the media don't want you to know about it either. But this is one of those books I think you're really going to enjoy, particularly this holiday season. So Marjorie Taylor Greene, you come to Washington, D.C. What are two of the three most problematic things that you see? The fact that they can't get things done, that they can't get the right things done, that they can't agree on any. What, what is it? I mean, you come from the outside. What do you see this dysfunction here? Well, I come from running a very successful construction company that grew from the state of Georgia to 11 different states. I, I come from making a profit, not a loss. And what, what astounds me in our federal agencies and in Congress itself is the quality of people that work there. These, many of these people are people I wouldn't even hire in my own company to work for me. And they're the people running our federal government. But what amazes me is we can't make a budget that cuts out all of the, the, the failing departments, the failing parts of our government. We can't get rid of the waste. Um, we can't come up with a budget in a timely manner. And it just, it blows my mind. But yet the American people, if they ran their companies this way, they'd go out of business. And if the American people didn't cross every T and dot every I like, like they are forced to by law, um, if they did it like the federal government, they would be put in jail, Mark. But yet every single year, Congress continues this ridiculous dysfunction. We have a calendar that sets us up for failure, that we go home all of August and half of September, but yet we're supposed to have a budget and fund the government by September 30th. It is just a complete system of failure, and it's so frustrating. Talking to Marjorie Taylor Greene, the book is MTG. You can get it at mtgbook.com, mtgbook.com. Be a great Hanukkah or Christmas gift or get it on amazon.com. They raise a very good point. Now, here's the problem as I see it. You have a Democrat party that is ideologically committed to spending us into bankruptcy. Then you have a group of Republicans that are afraid of their own shadow. They didn't come to Washington to make changes. They just came to Washington to be in Washington. Then you have sort of citizen politicians like yourself. You haven't spent your whole life as a politician, let alone in Washington. You know, we used to make a big deal of this. It was a great thing. Remember Mr. Smith Goes to Washington? What a great movie with Jimmy Stewart. In your case, sort of Ms. Smith Goes to Washington. And yet you and people like you are the ones that they try to destroy because you're the ones that say, wait a minute, we got to fix this stuff. Do you find in the Republican, not the establishment so much, but in the Republican caucus or whatever they call it, that there's at least several dozen of you or a few score of you who think the same way, who act the same way, and are concerned about the same things? Yes, there is a smaller percentage of us that, that talk the same way, feel the same way. Uh, my frustration with my conference, and I've been very outspoken about it lately, and I speak about it in my book, is that we don't have enough people with courage. Our country is on fire. We've had over 10, 10 million people cross our border, 1.8 million gotaways. We know there are terrorists in those. We know there are child molesters, rapists, every kind of criminal. Human sex trafficking happens every single day at the border. But yet I was so frustrated that right before Thanksgiving, when I tried to impeach Secretary Mayorkas, 
eight Republicans voted hmm. with Democrats and protected his job. And I am continually shocked, con- confounded, um, angered at my GOP conference that, that they will not take, take the courage and the real action it takes to hold the Democrats accountable. And that's exactly what we should be doing. They say this stuff on the campaign trail. They go on TV shows and news shows, and they talk tough and say big things. But when it comes to actually casting the votes that matter, like impeachment of, of a horrible Secretary of Homeland that has created an invasion at our border every single day, they are unwilling to take the action to do it. You do have to wonder, I know we do out here, what in the hell is it going to take to impeach one of these people? They impeached Donald Trump over nothing twice. And, and here you have serious high crime. High crime, as the framers meant it, wasn't a crime actually committed. It is the so-called constitutional abuse of authority where you undermine your own country, where you undermine your own country's sovereignty. You refuse to, to apply and abide by the statutes that have been passed. That is what they considered a high crime. This guy's done that on spades. And by the way, so is Biden. These eight Republicans, I mean, I think they need to become famous or infamous in my view. I don't even know who they are, but I'm going to find out. I won't put that on your shoulders. But don't you find it outrageous that they'll go after somebody on something so ridiculous as a phone call? And yet here we have all this inhumanity that's taking place and you lose eight. Did you get any Democrats, even one? No, not one Democrat. Absolutely not. And I serve on the oversight committee. Impeachment is an important tool. It is, it's the tool that our founders gave us to fire someone, just as you just spoke about. And we've been investigating Joe Biden and the Biden crime family with our impeachment inquiry. And we have so much evidence. We have a mountain of evidence. If we were any serious country, we would impeach Joe Biden because of what incredible crimes he has committed, abusing his power of over 50 years in Washington. And Republicans are unwilling to do that, too. I'll tell you another one that I can't believe this, and you'll see this coming up over the next week, possibly two weeks, is the authorization, reauthorization of the FISA court. I think Mm -hmm. it should be completely dismantled. But we Mm -hmm. have Republicans right now that are moving towards reauthorizing it, um, maybe revising it a little bit. But this is a court, a secret court that has been used to spy on, on thousands of Americans, and it needs to be completely dismantled. And if our Republican majority in Congress does not take that court apart and end it, then how can we even trust Republicans to, to wield power in Washington? It seems like what the government's supposed to do, it doesn't do. And it uses its police powers in many respects against the average citizen in this country. And this has always been the puzzle. How do you protect the country from criminals, from terrorists, from illegal aliens and all the rest of it, but at the same time control these institutions so they don't turn their guns, figuratively speaking, on the rest of us? And the answer is we haven't figured that out yet, have we? Well, I think we could certainly use the FBI and, and Homeland, and that's how we can, we can hold people accountable that are maybe coordinating with Hamas, like these ceasefire now groups. They are pro-Hamas uh, funded. They, they have tight links with Gaza and Hamas. I mean, I think we can use agencies that we already have in place without having a, a secret court like FISA 
that can be used against Americans. I think we just need to have better use of our resources that we already fund, um, but we need to save the American taxpayers some money, but also protect their privacy and their rights as well. You're going to love this book, America. I'm telling you now, it's a perfect book for Hanukkah and Christmas. MTG, it's that simple. It's got a beautiful cover. I'm very jealous of it. Marjorie Teller Green. <laughs> she writes about her life, but even more than that, what she has found in Washington, what she's dealing in Washington, she takes you behind the scenes like no other book I've ever read. You really want to check it out. MTGbook.com or go to Amazon.com. Any final words, Marjorie Teller Green? I just want to thank you, Mark. America loves you, and, and you do a great service for all of us. So keep fighting for us, and I appreciate coming on your show tonight. Well, God bless you, and I really want to thank you for writing this book. I know all the time it takes to, to write it, to edit it, to promote it. It's just a lot of work, and I do know that it'll be very worthwhile for people to grab this book. As I say, Amazon.com has it. It's simple to remember, MTG, uh, or you can go to uh, MTGbook.com, and we hope to have you back. God bless you, my friend. Thank you. Have a wonderful night. You too. Be well. Look how they turn a woman like that into something she's not. She's actually a very nice lady. A very hardworking lady. She doesn't have, doesn't talk Washington speak like most of us don't. She comes to a situation like a small businesswoman. She looks at this and says, we can't keep spending like this. Look at the interest like this. And she's the enemy. Because the Democrat Party and the media are one and the same. And the bureaucracy, the Democrat Party, and the media are one and the same. They try to destroy her. Now, they do this with every single conservative. But if you're a woman, or you're an ethnic minority, or if you're a skin color minority, or however you want to put it, the hate on is even more. It's worse. You ought to check out her book. It's really a fine book. MTG book, mtgbook.com or amazon.com where you can find it. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I'm convinced I'm the only idiot in America who comes north for the winter, Mr. Producer. Now, I don't stay here long. Don't get me wrong. My official residence is Florida, but I can tell you this is the time to be in Florida. Whatever this is that I have, I cannot completely shake this. When I think I'm out of it, it throws me back. I've had all the tests for everything they know, and nothing's popping up. <clears throat> Excuse me, and that's what it's causing me to do, among many other things. Don't worry, I'm not on death's door, as you liberals would love. But I'm saying that uh, it, it's, it's a zapper, if you know what I mean. All of a sudden, out of the blue, it zaps your energy. So I have to keep fighting through it, and I'm going to keep fighting through it. But I'm just letting you know in case it comes across on the microphone. I'm working just as hard as I always do. I'm thinking just as sharply as I always do. Uh, I'm trying to, uh, to be as uh, forthcoming with you as I always am. But this thing does slow you down, so I am fighting through it. I want to circle back. What this administration is doing to the state of Israel and the people of Israel is a sin. 
And it's worse than being an outright enemy. You pretend to be an ally. They're destroying the Israeli government. They're destroying the country of Israel. They're giving aid and comfort to the enemy while pretending to do otherwise, and they're getting cover from the Hamas Nazi-supporting media. That's it. Case closed. I'll see you tomorrow. God bless.